In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Christ is risen. This is the 36th sermon in this series of homilies on the Sunday readings from the New Testament. And in the, following, in the weeks which follow Pascha, we take these selections from the book of Acts. Let's consider for a minute the unusual name given to this historical narrative, the book of Acts. The word acts comes from the Greek word praxis, which means action or practice. Orthodoxy refers to right belief, while orthopraxy refers to right practice. Both aspects of the Orthodox life are essential to being true disciples of Jesus Christ. Christ said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Not just to know them or hear them, but to keep them, to do them. Orthodox theology guides us in the straight and narrow path and directs us in the way to walk. Orthodox practice incarnates our orthodox teachings. It's where the wheel meets the road, so to speak. And our orthodox practice affirms our orthodox truth <clears throat> and trains our bodies, our minds, our families, our institutions in the orthodox way of life. We teach our children orthodox practice or lifestyle so that when they are old enough to understand spiritual things, they will have already been protected and nurtured by their practices. For example, a young orthodox girl covers her head in church in imitation of her mother and in obedience to the practice of the church. When she becomes a young woman, she begins to comprehend the spiritual reason for this traditional practice, and in the meantime, she has been protected and covered by that practice. Likewise, a young boy who serves in the altar. When he comes into the altar, he is taught to get a blessing from the priest, to bow <clears throat> and to prostrate before the altar. And when he becomes a young man, he begins to understand in a deeper way the importance of this humble and reverential practice. You see how orthodox practice nurtures and protects our young people until they are able to understand orthodox theology. In this sense, our acts inform our faith. And we, even as adults, need this. We need action. We need action to inform our faith. We should not just sit back and try to rest on our intellectual knowledge. 
or our, or our faith, we need to take action. And that increases our faith and affirms our faith. Luke, in, this gospel, in his gospel, gospel according to Luke, covers the 30 plus years of the life of Christ as he walked on this earth. Likewise, in his book of Acts, which he also wrote, he covers 30 plus years of the life of the church. It is not so much a book of theology as it is a book of history, a book, not so much a book of ideas, but a book of action, book of Acts. In today's selection, we read of two great miracles, both involving St. Peter. Peter heals a man who had been bedridden and paralyzed for 38 years, for eight years, and then resurrected from the dead a woman named Tabitha. I would like to relate both of these miracles to this event of the occasion of Mother's Day, which we are celebrating today in our country. Mother's Day is one of the few holidays, American holidays, that for which we ha actually have prayers in our Orthodox prayer books to acknowledge. It is a great holiday. It is a good holiday. It is very proper and compatible with Orthodoxy to honor our mothers in this way. So first, let's look at the healing of Aeneas, who was bedridden and paralyzed. In this narrative, we find a phrase that grants great support to mothers all over the world. Mothers who are working hard to train their children properly. After saying to Aeneas, Jesus the Christ heals you, Peter tells him, Arise and make your bed. Get up and make your bed. How many mothers have said that over and over and over to their young children? Get up and make your bed. Don't give up, Mom. St. Peter is on your side. On a more serious note, let's look at the second miracle. The raising of Tabitha, or Dorcas. Luke says of her that she was a woman full of good works and charitable deeds, which she did. Specifically, the narrative mentions the many tunics and garments which she had made for her family and loved ones and the community. Well, not all mothers today make their own clothing. Some still do, but it's kind of become a, a less established skill, since we have manufacturing and can buy clothing so easily. But it can be said that Christian mothers spend almost all of their time in good works and charitable deeds in behalf of their families. That is, that is what comes with being a mother. And mothers know this better than I can know. Mothers pour out their lives for their children. 
They've done, uh, psychologists all over the world have done studies of men and women. By the way, there is a difference between men and women. Did you know that? <laughs> and this has been scientifically proven. Of course, biologically, we, it's obvious. But even psychologically, there are basic differences between men and women. And one of the most basic differences is that men are interested in things and women are interested in people. Doesn't mean that men are not also interested in, in people and it doesn't mean that women are not also interested in things, but predominantly men, women are more interested in people than men. And this fits very well with being a mother, of course. Mothers pour out their lives for their children. And it never, you never stop. From uh, the early days of giving birth, <clears throat> just the act of carrying the child and giving birth is a sacrifice. It is a total giving of oneself to another person. Giving birth, nursing young babies. One of the greatest tragedies of modern life was people teaching moms that they shouldn't nurse their own babies. Can you imagine that? What a, what a horrible lie that was, that uh, modern industrialized cultures taught women that they, they should teach, they should children that feed their children formula instead of the, the mother's milk. What a sad thing. We know now, and science tells us even more, and the more science uh, discovers things, the more we realize that God's way is the right way. There's so much goodness in mother's milk that helps protect the baby, make the baby healthy and strong and free of disease. And also the time of intimacy, the hours and hours of intimacy between a, a mother and a child in, in, in nursing and breastfeeding. Totally essential healthy for the development of a young child. And so all this goes into to being a mother. And moving on from there of just washing their clothes, of feed, feeding them food, of teaching them their lessons, and preparing them for adulthood, healing their hurts. So today, we do honor our mothers. To our elderly mothers today, we say thank you. Thank you for all that you've done for us and for your children. To the younger mothers, I say, you have been given a high calling. You have been given a high calling more noble than any other vocation you might have in the world. And regarding our mothers who have fallen asleep, may God grant them eternal rest where the light of his countenance shines. And may they be rewarded for every kindness, every good intention, every charitable deed which they performed on behalf of their families, their neighbors, their church, and their community. And today I'd like to also point your attention to the fact that two of our mothers have been named Mother uh, Teacher of the Year in their respective homeschools, Pani Nina and, and Anne. So congratulations to you, uh, teachers of the year. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, 
Christ is risen. He is risen.